welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. If you're new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a show about all things allergies. So whether that's food allergies, seasonal allergies, being allergic to beauty products, having pets who have allergies, it's just really just a community and a space for people to be able to talk about questions and issues that those with allergies face face. So if you're not subscribed to the Oh My Allergies podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes so you guys can stay around and learn about so many different types of allergies because a lot of people just tend to think about food allergies and seasonal allergies and that's great that's totally fine because those types of allergies exist but there's so many different types of allergies that I want to be able to talk about on this platform. So if you guys are new here like I said welcome to the podcast my name is Valencia I am your hostess with the mostest and today's episode we're going to be talking about what is food allergy discrimination. But before I get into today's topic, you guys know I have to talk about what's been going on. So what's been going on with me? I mean, there's just, there's just a lot that's going on in the world right now. And I have been, you know, thinking about it and really just internalizing everything that's going on um, right now. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, and you have not really been paying attention to the news, then I'm kind of alluding to the whole thing with George Floyd and all of the other black lives that have been taken at the hands of police brutality over the years. It's been great to see so many people on social media and on the news at the different protests, people of different races talking about it and being able to spread awareness about it and being able to be like, not only are we just gonna talk about it, but we're gonna be about it and be able to make change and be able to promote ways to get involved, how to be able to donate your time, how to be able to donate money, how to be able to donate resources to be able to have this change be made in society. And one thing that I watched this past weekend was the service from Elevation Church, which I just love that church so much. And it was when Stephen Furtick, he invited Pastor John Gray to be able to have just a genuine, honest, open conversation about the events that have taken place in the United States recently. And it was just such a really great dialogue just because it tackles the issue of racism and systemic racism in such a really nice nice packaged way and I really honestly think a lot of people should see this sermon because it talks about how the one true thing that can be able to change people's hearts, change people's minds, change people's outlook when it comes to the value of life for people is really God and God's love. One thing that they also talked about during the service was the importance of being around people who don't look like you, who have come from all different walks of life to be able to understand people's differing perspectives and where they came from and basically what other different groups in America have gone through as a community because it's been proven time and time again how many people are so ignorant when it comes to racism in America and a lot of people think that racism does not exist but I think that people want to believe that because they don't want to think of people in a negative light that they know that they go to work with that they go to school with that they hang out with and consider their friends that they don't want to see them in that type of a light. 
I think it's important that people just don't think of black history as black history, but black history as American history because we are Americans at the end of the day. We had a big role to play in American history. Some things might not exist if it wasn't for black people being innovators within history and that people should not think, oh, because it's about black people that it should not be of their interest to learn about it because in schools, we have to learn about all different types of history. So why are people so adamant about not learning about full-on American history? People need to be made aware that black history is American history, period. And I really appreciated being able to hear the dialogue between Pastor John Gray and Stephen Furtick because they talked about those types of things and how you won't really know what somebody else has gone through, especially as a white person in America, unless you are talking to other people who don't look like you. But typically people tend to only talk amongst people that they tend to, you know, grow up with and are around. And that's not a bad thing, but you need to be able to expand your horizon and be able to learn about other people and to want to know about other people and be able to expand on the knowledge capacity that you have around certain groups in America. I know that I want to be able to talk about things like this because they are issues that a lot of people including myself go through on a day-to-day basis and it's about a humanity issue like each person should be treated with respect as a human being like there should not be a group of people who are treated like they are some scum on the bottom of somebody's shoe. Like there should not be a group of people who are treated as they are less than an animal. That's not even God-like. God is all about love. And that's how I try to approach every aspect of my life of being able to let God's light shine through me in everything that I do. And it's just been so overwhelming to see everything that has happened in America. It may not be you personally. It may not be that you are outrightly racist or even racist in private settings or have some type of racial prejudices towards people, but systemically you have a head start and there's other people who don't get that same head start and to just acknowledge your privilege and to be able to use your privilege as a platform to be able to advocate for others and to be able to stand up for basic human rights that's all this is about this is everything that Martin Luther King Jr. and these other great civil rights leaders were advocating about it was just so emotional to be able to see that sermon and to be able to see everything that I've seen on social media with people finally taking a stance and saying hey this is not right it's not right to treat people different based off of the color of their skin it's not right to be able to value life of one person over another based off of the color of their skin where it's like a lot of people don't value life seems like people are so desensitized when it comes to life so it's gotten to a point where people are just like oh like whatever and it's like no you should treasure life life is a gift don't take that for granted and it's it's really amazing to see how this country is starting to become more and more together on important issues 
like this and it's something that I wanted to talk about on the podcast a little bit just to be able to raise awareness and to be able to use my platform for good. So I'm gonna leave some links in the show notes for different resources on how people can educate themselves on the different racial injustices that are happening on like white privilege on just a lot of the different protests and things that are being shown in the news just so people can educate themselves and be able to learn more about black culture and the history of it and the history of it in the U.S. and why not just black people should care but all people should care. So that's kind of what's been going on with me. I've been being really in tune with what's been going on with that. So now that I'm done talking about what's been going on I guess I can get right into my foodie likes. My first foodie like is from Sprouts Farmer's Market. It's from their uh, seafood section because if you guys didn't know, I am a pescatarian, so I do eat fish. And one thing that my mom just made, she actually just made it this past weekend and it was their sea scallops. Guys, their sea scallops are banging. Like they are so delicious and they tasted really good. They were nice and soft and tender. Um, they were really firm. They were kind of big, but I mean, their name was Colossal Sea Scallops. So I mean, should have expected it, but I really, really, really enjoyed them. And I just love Sprouts's seafood section anyway. Like their food tastes really fresh. It tastes really clean and it's wild at the same time. So I know that it's really great quality fish and it's something that literally that me and my family go specifically to Sprouts to get their seafood and their fish because we know that it's gonna have really good quality. It's gonna taste really nice and clean and it's gonna not smell like fish because you know, like have you ever had it where you've gone into a grocery store and you go into the grocery store and it already smells like fish like I've learned that that's not really a good thing when you walk into Sprouts you don't smell their fish and even when you get to the seafood counter it does not even smell like fish like it doesn't smell like really anything and I know that I really like their fish so really I'm a big fan of their sea scallop also a really big fan of their swordfish oh my goodness gracious their swordfish are really good because they had like a really good sale on their seafood and fish like within the past week or two so we've been going there to get fish to be able to change up like what we're having because like it's so easy to be able to have like processed vegetarian and vegan friendly food but it's nothing like being able to actually cook food and not have to just put something in the microwave like it like a a dia pizza which don't get me wrong I like a good pizza especially like an Amy's vegan margarita pizza love that but there's nothing like having you know a cooked meal that you can actually see it sizzle on your countertop not on your countertop my bad on your stove top that's what I meant so really that's been refreshing and cool me and my mom we have been cooking in the kitchen together I don't really know how to make fishes like that as far as like seasoning them that well so I usually will either help with like the vegetable portion of it so whether we make like crispy brussels sprouts or like yesterday for dinner we had roasted broccoli and cauliflower so I was on roasted cauliflower 
cauliflower and broccoli duty. So we made that in the air fryer and that actually tasted really, really good guys. Like highly recommend that. So those have been like some of my favorites. And then another favorite of mine has been having tuna fish just because it's very simple to make and I'll get a tuna packet out of our pantry and then just eat that. And like, that's just really good enough for me or like I'll put it on top of a salad and it's just a really easy meal and it, you get a protein from it and so I really enjoy it. It's so funny because growing up I was literally obsessed with tuna. It got to a point where my mom was like okay like you're eating too much. There's mercury in tuna so like you need to like back up off of it. And I was like no no one can take me away from tuna but I definitely don't eat tuna as much as I used to when I was younger but it's something that I still like having every so often and when I went to college it's something that I've had on me in my dorm because it's just something that I can eat when I don't feel like going to the cafeteria or I don't have time to go to the cafeteria so really I'm a big fan of tuna my favorite tuna is to get the star kiss tuna hickory smoke guys if you've never had the hickory smoke tuna from star kiss you're literally missing out now I know there's like other flavors that they have but out of all of the different flavors this one has the least amount of ingredients in it and I can pronounce all of the different ingredients on the back of this tuna so uh yeah and I don't know I just some of the other ones like jalapeno ranch like that just doesn't that just doesn't sound like something that I'd want like when I think of tuna like I can't I can't imagine having spicy tuna fish like I guess that's like sushi but I don't think it's the same thing I can't imagine having jalapenos in my tuna like that just does not sound okay to me like that just sounds very weird and no I just can't get with that no so those have been my foodie likes within the past few weeks or so that have been some of my like go-tos during quarantine because sometimes I'm in a mood to actually you know go in the kitchen and help my mom cook or there's sometimes when you know we're not in the mood to do anything and we're just like okay let's just put uh, Amy's pizza in the toaster oven and I feel like that's relatable because I know some people don't really like talking about some of the more processed foods that they like eating and they're just like oh yeah well I just eat like this and blah 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 and that's great and I eat like that as well but I'm not gonna act like I've never bought a frozen pizza in my life you know and I'm not gonna act like I've never bought a Morningstar Farms product you know what I mean so now that I'm done talking about my foodie likes I guess I can get right into the allergy news. Speaking of, you know, discrimination on the other side with food allergies, basically going to be talking about providing an update on the uh, recent a policy which was a temporary policy regarding certain food labeling requirements during the whole COVID-19 public health emergency and how organizations can provide minor formulation changes and not have to uh, change their labeling. I know on the podcast last week I talked about how the FDA has been relaxing their labels policy and it sucks and I know I talked about it. I went on like a whole full-blown rant on why I think that that's completely unacceptable acceptable and how there needs to be a lot more advocacy for food allergies and how it's just not okay just to be relaxing labels like that because that could cost somebody's life because food allergies depending on your sensitivity to it you know you could get anaphylaxis and tragically have a life-threatening reaction and pass away and so one thing that I noticed within the food allergy community on social media is that people have really been rallying together and coming together to be able to push back on the FDA and being able to have those types of tough conversations with them and really being able to stand up and be 
able to make a change within the food allergy community. So I know there's just one brand. I want to say the name is Spooken or Spoken. I think it's Spooken. And they really have done so much in combination with FAIR, which is the food allergy uh, research and education platform. And they really have been trying to work with companies and working with the FDA to be able to get some better understanding on this new policy and being able to get word from food companies on what their plans are when it revolves this new policy, whether they're going to be making changes, whether they're not going to be making changes to their labels, just really keeping the food allergy community in the know of what's going on. And so FAIR, which is the Food Allergy Research and Education Organization, they have been working with the FDA to be able to meet with them and being able to get more information on this new policy. So they provided an update on their website which I will leave in the show notes. And so this update basically talks about how initially the whole uh, guidance of part of this policy, which I talked about in last week's episode, but this whole policy, it just raised so many different anxieties within the food allergy community. And so the chief of FAIR expressed their concern um, that the food allergy community had to the director of the Center for Food Safety and Applied Nutrition at the FDA. And in that letter, really just asking the FDA to require food manufacturers to tell consumers that there's going to be any changes to their product and any product ingredients or formulations, whether that's through their social media, whether that's through their website, whether that's through this thing called Smart Label, or just through different alerts on retail websites such as like an Amazon, a Walmart, etc. And then also being able to use some sort of labeling alternatives. So whether that's stickers or whether something, you know, to be able to notify customers that, oh, like I'm picking up this product, it has this sticker on it. Okay, well, I know that if it has like, I don't know, like a red sticker on it, that there's going to be some type of minor formulation change to that particular product. So I think that it's really great that FAIR is really working hard to be able to hold the FDA accountable and making sure that they are keeping the food allergy community safe and healthy and putting their health concerns first. So I just wanted to give you guys kind of like an update because it's something that I've seen on social media and I wanted to let you guys know that there has been accountability and really just having organizations meeting with the FDA and sending the FDA letters and notification of what they feel should be put in place in order to make sure that even though this policy has gone into place, making sure that the people in the community that it affects um, are safe and sound. Because I know when I go grocery shopping, the first thing that I look at is food labels. So to know that I could be picking up a product and I'm thinking that it's safe, but then there's something else that gets put in there secretively and I'm not even well aware. And then I could potentially have a reaction to the food and not know what the heck is going on is really frightening. And so I really am thankful for organizations who are really just pushing for this type of change. So I know Spookin, they came up with this whole uh, Google Doc spreadsheet and it has a full-blown list of all of the different uh, companies who they have spoken with. (laughs) That's funny. Who they have spoken with and 
have really just responded and confirmed that their ingredients will remain unchanged and that you can really rely on the labels and the labels what you see is what you get so I believe there's about over 70 that they have on the list so they have so many different types of brands on here they have brands from Oatly they have brands like Sun Butter on this list Wow Butter they have Canyon Gluten Free on this list they have Ancient Harvest they have what else I'm actively looking at this list right now they have Hillary's Eat Well they have Just they have Free Yum they have Free to Be they have just a lot of different companies on this list and I'll put the link to this list in the show notes so that you guys can see this resource. Also really big companies like Kraft have come forward and have confirmed that they're not going to be changing the labeling on their packaging and so it's really nice to be able to see the community just come together and yeah that's basically what's been going on. I've been mainly following those two big issues because they they affect me greatly and I want to be able to stay in the know and I want to be able to use my platforms for good and being able to advocate for change in both of those uh, settings of society. So now that I'm done talking about the allergy news, I guess I can get right into today's episode. So while I was really just reflecting on everything that has happened, you know, within the past week or so, and really just the whole thought of discrimination being on my mind, it really made me um, think inwards. And when I was brainstorming about like what to talk about on the podcast this week, I ended up stumbling upon this question on the internet and it really sparked me to want to talk about this here on the podcast and the question I saw was have you ever been bullied or discriminated against because of your allergies and this really made me reflect on my own life and my experiences and think about whether or not this has happened to me in the past and it doesn't even have to be anything aggressive or it doesn't have to be like hardcore bullying but it can be more of like a quiet and silent way of discriminating through like nonverbal communication or even isolating those that have food allergies. So like for an example, like imagine these different types of scenarios. Like have you had it where either your child is not invited to like parties because their friends' parents really don't want to have to deal with having to cater for that child or they're just genuinely terrified or being a couple that is no longer invited to dinner parties because no one wants to cater for those quote unquote fussy gluten-free and allergic people with all of their questions and demands or going to a party or an event that you were invited to only to find out that there aren't any options for you after checking again and again and again and again and then when you go to the event organizer they just tell you oh I'm so sorry you know we don't have anything for you but we're so terribly sorry or hearing comments like oh you're the difficult one or here comes that guy or girl with the all the allergies or sitting next to someone at work or you're at school and they're munching on you know peanuts tree nuts etc and you having to leave the room or having to turn down a piece of birthday cake even though it was your birthday when you were at school or when you were at work and so really thinking about all those different types of scenarios I can sadly say that I have experienced a few of those scenarios in my life 
and I know that it's very easy to just label people as being difficult or as being picky eaters or unsociable or other different adjectives but it doesn't occur to people that the culprit is just food allergies and that it's something that should be taken very seriously and that it's not a choice. Now one thing that I think people don't understand is that having allergies is not a choice. I don't think any of us would choose to be able to have these allergies. It's just something that is a part of us and we've learned to be able to navigate life with our food allergies. Now when it comes to navigating allergies in the school setting, you know, it's more visible as a child or as a teen or as a young adult in college with allergies, how they might have to sit away, you know, from their friends or sit away from their classmates to eat their lunch or be able to bring their own safe dishes and snacks and treats from home. And I know we're starting to see more and more and more schools across the U.S. become more educated around food allergies and that's great, but the work is really nowhere near done when it comes to food allergy education in school settings, when it comes to educators and school staff and cafeteria staff, etc. Because everyone should be aware that someone has a life-threatening allergies at school because it's just as important as school personnel knowing if a child has any other life-threatening conditions like asthma or diabetes, etc. Because no child should ever be excluded from activities, especially just because of their allergies. And like I said before, that a lot of people just don't seem to remember that allergies are not a choice. You know, it's something that you're either born with or it's something that you develop later in life. And, you know, when I was looking into food allergies and discrimination and the relation between the two, one thing that came up was the fact that allergies are actually considered a disability and they're covered by the American Disability Act of 1990. And I did not know legally that food allergies and allergies in general are classified as being a disability. Because according to this ADA and it's in section 504, it says that a person with a disability is someone who has an impairment. So whether that's either physical or mental, that substantially limits major life activities. So that can be eating and breathing and going to school or who is regarded as having, you know, those types of impairments. And food allergies are usually considered disabilities underneath this act. And under this act, students who have food allergies are considered to have a disability because it restricts their diet and what they eat and it can impact different activities that they have throughout their day. And so I know I've talked about allergies in a school setting, but one thing I don't think I've really touched upon yet on my podcast is allergies in the workplace because they can be just as hard to navigate or even sometimes harder. Because when it comes to the workplace, it's not just about social events and celebrations, but it also includes plane travel, you know, business lunches, dinners with clients and conferences and business networking events. Like there's so many different scenarios that can be a challenge for people who are in the workforce who have food allergies. And it's important for those working in the workforce that are employees to make sure that the people around them, like their boss and their coworkers, are very well aware of their allergies and understand what they are exactly. It's really important to make sure that your boss and your coworkers, they know how to recognize an allergic reaction, um, what to do in the case of a medical emergency, and even knowing where your medications are and where you keep them. 
and a way to be able to be ahead of the curve when it comes to being judged about your food allergies or people not keeping you in mind when it comes to planning events. If possible, you can offer to be able to help plan events that are involving food or working with the people who are on the planning committee for those types of events to make sure that there are going to be foods that are safe for you that are included in the event menu. And I know that whether that's me, you know, working at my school or whether that is um, me doing things in my internship, it's something that I'm very well aware of and I keep in the back of my mind to make sure that I am keeping my bosses in the know about, oh, well, I can't eat this and I can't eat that because they should know so that if there's some type of an event that you guys are going to as a team, then they're well aware of, oh, well, if there's going to be a dietary restrictions, you know, I need to put this type of request in for you. And nine times out of 10, in my experience, I've not really had any problems with letting my boss and my coworkers around me know that I have food allergies. Most people are typically tend to be very respectful towards those types of things, especially because I think more and more people are learning that there are life-threatening repercussions that come with eating your allergen so it's really been great for me personally when I'm in the workplace and not really having to deal with too much drama around my allergies like I know that you know among my friends and stuff that I've gotten the little oh my goodness Valencia like you're just so extra type of thing Um, But I don't even think that they even realize that that can be taken the wrong way. And, you know, I'm typically a jokey person, but sometimes it gets really annoying hearing those same types of jokes over and over again, because then I tend to take them to heart and they can be taken very discriminatory and really mean because, you know, you're teasing somebody, you know, you're labeling them all these different types of adjectives and names, and it's not something that I don't don't think any of us would choose to be in this type of predicament. I don't think any of us wishes that we had these food allergies. I don't think any of us are like, oh my goodness, like I'm so happy that I have my allergies or whatever. Now have having my food allergies, has it really made me look at other things as far as like health and wellness and being more mindful of other things? Yes, it has. And I'm really thankful for that aspect of it. But you know, I don't really, it doesn't really make me excited to have to carry medicine with me wherever I go. You know what I mean? So have Having people around me that are constantly being kind of mean and rude like that's not something that you want that's not something that you enjoy so back on the train about working in the workplace so if you are a boss and like you're someone in power you have a role to play in this whole situation as well so it's really important as a manager supervisor etc that you're an advocate for your employees who have food allergies and really just making an effort to reach out to them and understand what their needs are and just finding out what foods they can't have because if food is going to be served in an event at a party or just in the workplace in general for like let's say I don't know like pizza Fridays you know it's important to engage your employees to help figure out what foods are safe for them to eat and then how that whole situation needs to be handled and it should be a priority to accommodate food allergies as you would like I said for any other disability so whether that's banning certain foods from you know the office or the workspace I know for 
for me in college in some of my classrooms they say oh this is a peanut free zone so I think that makes a lot of people who have those types of allergies very comfortable to know that in that space you can't have those types of food and I think that there needs to be a lot more spaces like that so that people can know yeah you know it's your food but you need to be mindful of the people that are around you and knowing that it's not always about you and that there's some people who have airborne allergies where they smell it and it just messes with their system like drastically in a very drastic and quick way like I know growing up there was this one girl in one of my classes and she was allergic to peanuts and she had an airborne allergy as well so she couldn't eat it and she couldn't smell it and I know one time somebody brought peanuts around and no one let her know and it was airborne and she had to be rushed to the emergency room and it was very scary to see all of that play out very like so quickly but I don't think people really understand the seriousness behind it so yeah I'm all for banning certain foods from certain workspaces I'm all for it also another good thing is to be able to allow employees to have a dedicated refrigerator or a dedicated microwave in their own workspace because that helps with you know eliminating um cross-contamination and really just allowing that person or those people in the workspace to be able to know that they are safe and that they're in a safe environment and that they know that they aren't putting their health at risk when they're at work and that no one should ever make anyone feel left out should not make anyone feel unheard uncared for or just isolated for having their food restrictions and that goes for schools as well and colleges and universities you should not have it where you're in a situation with your friends and they want to go one place and then you're like oh well I can't eat there and they're just like oh well you know we're gonna go there we're sorry you can't come like those are not real friends those are not real friends and I've sadly had that happen to me before and I just realized in that moment they weren't my friends because if they were my friends they would really take that into consideration or I know one of my friends now that comes to mind when I say to her like oh yeah well I can't eat this food there then she'll be like okay well what types of places can you eat at and we try to find a common ground that's something that you know satisfies her but satisfies me and my food allergies at the same time so that no one feels left out and no one feels unheard and no one feels uncared for like that's a true friendship and those are the types of people that you want to be around you don't want to be around people that make you feel bad for having your allergies when you can't change it and you just need to be surrounded by people who are very uplifting who are there for you but I think it's really important to make sure that you are surrounding yourself when it comes to friends with people that are very supportive of your food allergies and then when it comes to the workplace just making sure that you establish those boundaries and making sure that people on your team are well aware of them because if they don't know then how can you you can't really be mad at someone for not knowing something when you have the opportunity to tell them so really when it comes to food allergies a big big thing that I always tell people is that it's really big on communication like if there's no communication like there's so many things that can go wrong when you have a food allergy like if you don't communicate that you're allergic to something and then you eat your allergen then that other person that gave that to you they literally did not know and they would have known if you told them I think that's the end of today's episode I hope you guys enjoyed it and really found it very thought-provoking and thought that it was a really great conversation and and were able to identify and really able to see themselves in this conversation and really be able to relate to this conversation because I know that I've dealt with some of these types of scenarios before and have been around people who have treated me in this type of way based 
off of my food allergies and my food restrictions and have just completely written me off and just been like well we just won't go out to eat with you and it sucks but like I said before those aren't the types of people that you want to be around anyway and have as your friend but I wanted to be able to talk about this to just know that you're not alone if you're dealing with certain things like this now if you've dealt with things like this in the past just know that you're not alone and that you have a whole food allergy community especially on the oh my allergies platform that really want to see you succeed and to help you thrive with your allergies so whether it's food allergies whether it's seasonal allergies whether you're allergic to beauty products and makeup whether you have a pet that has an allergy with you as well whether it's just so many different types of allergies that you may have just know that you have a community that has your back so if you guys are not subscribed to the podcast make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes and if you enjoyed this episode hopefully you give it a rating that's five stars and I will talk with you all in next week's episode bye guys Mm -hmm.